sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the NTMV main card with your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. I got to get it all out myself uh, in a, as we begin because only the Lord knows what's going to come out of the mouth of my mano y mano, my verbal sparring partner, none other than Wiltress. Ruffin, Iron Wilders Ruffin. What's going on, Ruff? I wasn't even going to do you like that this week. You know what I mean? I'm feeling good. My my Phillies are going to the World Series. You know what I mean? I'm prepared for the show, so I'm celebrating. So I'm going to give you your, your intro because you didn't do it right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main card. Uh, sitting uh, to my left or right, depending on what you're viewing, is the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Voice. You know what it is. It's Tuesday. You about to talk combat sports. How you feeling? Oh, man, you know how I'm feeling. Anytime we're talking about fights, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. See, we got a couple uh, people that are tuned in, want to say thank you. Uh, we ask that you would like, subscribe, and share it uh, with someone. Let them know that the main card is on and it's going down. Most definitely. I came prepared. You know, I came prepared for battle. You know, my Philadelphia Phillies. We in there, you know what I mean? So oh, you know, mm, that makes all the sense in the world. I'm here. That makes all the sense in the world. For those who are watching, you know how sometimes Will gets in his feelings. Wow. So he, he's just mispronouncing feelings is what's going on. So okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. I totally understand. See, now. see I'm I'm gonna allow that because I, I think the shine that's coming down on your head is not only uh shining your your head but it's also blinding you from the truth but it's all good because we about to get into this we got some great things to discuss so let's just go now voice this past weekend peter yon sean o'malley mm-hmm. incredible fight but there's a lot of people saying that the fight that was scored to o'malley 29 to 28 by all the judges yon was robbed mm-hmm I know you saw it. I know you got the the outlook for it. Boy, tell us what happened and what you're thinking here. All right. Well, first, I must say that I'm very grateful to Valley Sports Midwest uh, located at Ballpark Village here in St. Louis because uh, they advertise that they, they carry everything, basketball, everything, football, everything, hockey, um, I don't know if they carry everything MLS, but that will be happening because of uh, St. Louis City SC. But they also announced that they cover uh, the UFC, that they will have the UFC fights. And I'm glad that I saw that and that I knew that because I knew I could go there and see it. Went to where I normally go. They said, no, we're not going to have it. Called up my second spot. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have it. But it was the prelims. Like, well, that's not what I was here for. 
So ran down the ballpark village, uh, missed the first fight, saw a bit of the second fight, but I was there in my seat ready to go uh, with, with my beverage in hand to see the voices marking matchup between Jan and O'Malley. It was an extremely close fight. We talked off air about it a bit. It really depends on what you like in the fight as to who you believe won the fight. Round two, it was clearly Jan. I mean, he destroyed O'Malley. I thought he was going to finish him in round two, only for O'Malley to find a way to come back and utterly dominate Jan in the third round, which leaves the first round up to question. It was back and forth the whole fight. Not either fighter was doing a whole lot. Jan was moving forward for the most part. He landed quite a few leg kicks, and he got a takedown. He didn't do much with the takedown, but he did score a takedown. So if you wanted to say it was for Jan, I couldn't fault you. I scored the round for O'Malley, though. Because he scored the more impactful strikes. And judges don't have the the benefit that we do by seeing the uh, strike counts in between rounds. In between those rounds, though, he had more significant strikes than Jan did. So based on that, it really should have gone to O'Malley, which is how to of the judges saw it one of them saw it for Jan again extremely close fight you cannot say it was a robbery because it was so close mm-hmm. uh, and really if either one won there's not much of an argument so it sounds more like it was based off preference and what you wanted to see is how you scored the fight more than anything yeah, I mean we're human beings and we have our tendencies so mm-hmm. preferences are going to come in when you look at the rule set though it should have been scored for O'Malley because, again, he had the more significant strikes landed. And that is the number one criteria when it comes to judging the fights. OK, OK. Well, it's, it's definitely interesting when they uh, interviewed O'Malley after the after the fight. He even said he wasn't sure who he felt like won, but he felt like he did do enough that he was going to look back at it. Uh, they're both incredible fighters. So I'm looking forward to seeing exactly where they both go from here. Uh, but we're always going to have those updates when they come available because that's what we do here in the main card anyway. Now, from one great fight to a fight that looks like it's not going to happen, two fighters who most people have wanted to see go at it, Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford, looks like the negotiations ended up breaking down, and instead of fighting Spence, uh, Terrence Crawford is going to fight, let me prepare myself, David Avignesen. It, it depends on how you pronounce it, but I did it. Um, this is actually going to be what he considers a tune-up fight on December 10th, and it's going to be on BLK uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, Terrence Crawford is supposedly getting uh, $10 million plus million for this fight, according to ESPN, but it hasn't been confirmed. Now, Spence believes that the stalling has happened because Spence wanted to take this fight. Um you mean because Crawford wanted to take uh, the Evan Evan fight? Yeah, yeah. That that Crawford wanted to take the Crawford wanted to take this fight instead because of how big the purse uh, was said to have been. Mm -hmm. Um, Bob Arum says that if Terrence Crawford had representation, that the fight would have gotten done. But we all know where where Bob stands. 
So, boys, what are your thoughts on this, and who's actually to blame here for these contract issues? My thought is, if what is being reported is correct, then Bud would be silly not to take this. This will be, if everything is correct, the biggest payday of his life. Why would you pass that up? And not only is the biggest payday of your life, it's the biggest payday of your life against someone that most of us have never heard of. The number six ranked welterweight in the WBO. That's who uh, David is. So why wouldn't you take that fight if that was being offered to you? I mean, it just makes sense. Does that mean that you can't ever fight uh, Spence? No. It's just delayed. It's not denied. So why not go for the money? I, I can't. When I heard about it, I was like, I can't fault him. Now, here's where the fault lies. A lot of stuff has been bandied about as far as the contracts and things are concerned. But if this one narrative that uh, I've heard of is true, then there's blame to be laid at the feet of Bud Crawford. Here's why. He asked for specific provisions in the contract. Mm. It took them a while to get those things done, but they got it done and they gave it back to him. And then he went and took this other fight. That's wrong. Especially as long as you all been going back and forth over this, you left top rank specifically to get this fight done. So everything Bob was talking about is nothing but poppycock. Because if they could have gotten the fight done, then it would have been done a while ago. You left top rank so that you could get this fight. Like a week after uh, your last fight, you were on the beach talking about some, I'm going fishing. You know, where's the big fish? I'm going fishing. F- for you to get everything that you asked for, everything that you fought for, and to say, eh, I'm okay. That's a problem. <laughs> now, I don't know if Bud and or his team was out there putting out feelers to see. I mean, because to me, it kind of seemed like this came out of nowhere. It's like this uh, broadcaster that nobody knows about against a fighter that nobody knows about for the most money. To me, that sounds like they say, hey, we, we don't care who you fight. We're trying to get our name out, out here. This is a loss leader for us. We need people to know that we exist. So we will take the loss, pay you, the lion's share of uh, our budget for this fight card just to get it done. I mean, and it's only $40, so the uh, the entry point, or I should say the price point, is mm-hmm. perfect. I will buy this fight for $40. No, Yeah, no, no problem at all. Yes, I will buy that fight for $40. For them to break even, though, just break even. They have to do about $500,000, and I don't see that happening. Um, so again, it's a loss for them. But it's a wise investment in that this is how new platforms get uh, they, they get their exposure. They do things like this. So uh, we, we had the same thing happen with Triller uh, when they came out with, with uh, all the stuff that they did really helped to launch crossover uh, boxing and things of that nature. So I ain't mad. I'm not mad at all uh, at them. I'm not mad at him for getting the money. I am mad at him for getting what he wanted and then turning it down that that's where the issue is now 
blame does lie on PBC's side too because they had a long time to get this fight done. A long mm-hmm. time. The stuff that he was asking for, it's not like he kept changing it. He was just, you know, they say, okay, well, here, we're, first they lowballing them. It's going to be 65 35. No, I mean, come on. Let's at least do a 60 40 split. Let, let's, let's be real. First, you lowball. Then you say, okay, that's only going to be on the profits. There's not going to be uh, a set dollar figure for you. Okay, well, let me see the books. Oh, well, we don't show the books. So you're going to have to show the books. And you finally do everything, but it took three months to get it done with no promoter on both sides. It was supposed to be easy. This this was supposed to be a, a fight that was made without issue because the issue all along, let PBC tell it, was Bob Aaron. Well, it looks like to this point, uh, what everyone has been saying, that Terrence Crawford, to a certain extent, is ducking spent. So you, he's really not helping his case with this. And it's also looking more like Errol Smith is actually going to be moving up because he said that he can't continue to sustain at that weight that he's had trouble keeping the weight that he's at. So it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out and what's going to happen uh, between those two. I would have loved to see that fight, but it's looking more and more like we're just not going to get it. So mm, time will tell. I'll say this about that. What came out in the uh, immediate aftermath was that he would face uh, PBC fighter uh, 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 Kevin Thurman, which I mean, uh, yeah, I mean Keith Thurman, not Kevin. Keith Thurman. So hold on, let me butcher. Let, let me let me. Hey, I'm 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 uh, I'm real. So let me hit myself with the record scratch. Um, Keith Thurman. I mean, I ain't call him uh, Keithang or uh, Kiavin. Because his name is not European, sir. No, absolutely not. Take that loss and keep moving. Anyway, anyway. uh, So um, he's fighting an in-house fighter who's old, who Mm -hmm. lost to an old Manny Pacquiao. So, I mean, it's I'm not expecting a um, a very competitive fight. This is a stay busy fight. Uh, it's okay. a good stay busy fight, but it's a stay busy fight. Uh, and as many people have prognosticated all year long, this fight won't gonna happen until next year anyway. Well, so e- even if they got it done, it won't gonna happen until next year. So might as well, at least for especially for Bud, because he's been out a whole year. Mm-hmm. Let, let let me get a fight. It's been a minute. Well, this fight takes place on December 10th. On December 10th, so like you said, if it happens, it still has the opportunity to happen. I would think maybe, probably maybe April or May, uh, it will possibly happen. So we'll definitely see what happens. Now, when we come back, we got some great things to discuss. UFC Vegas 63, Bellator 287, and what everybody wants to hear. And Voices' favorite fighter, Jake Paul, and Anderson. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and give you a message from our brand, Ozell Sports. It's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. 
Shout out to Ozell brand. Those uh those Kansas City colorways are amazing. I may have to to cop some uh to to go with my amazing Philly jersey. You see, you see your voice. I see yeah. you're not wearing a Cardinals jersey because they lost. But it's no, okay. No, okay, no. So you you want to go there? Let's go there. Okay, yeah, they lost, and that does happen. But um, who has more World Series victories? In between the two squads, we talking about now, boss. We talking we, about we, now. We talking about now. We, we talking care. about now. We don't care nothing about what happened. When, when is 19, the last time? When is the last time the 19, Phillies won it all? The last time the don't matter. It all when was the last time they won it all? The last time the Phillies won it all was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. We won it all time? last in two thousand eleven, and we were there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So we we we've won more, and we won it all more recently. But are you in the playoffs this year still? though? That's that's the question. Like like Jan uh, Jackson uh, said, what, what have you done for me lately? But you know what? That's okay because you all are facing in the Astros a team that's owned by someone not only from St. Louis, but he went to my alma mater, Lutheran High School North. So when the Astros win without the cheating this time, or at least without getting caught cheating this time, I still win. So notice what you said without the cheating, and that's not gonna happen because the grocery bullies are coming. So let's let's move on since you don't have anything to talk about current. As I'm oh, that's saying, current. That's current. Just wait. I, I saved my tweet for a reason. Because when the Phillies lose, I'm gonna pull it back out. We supposed to be better than that voice. I'm gonna have to shut down my Twitter because I don't do bullying. Uh, <laughs> hey, have- hey, if, if it's the truth, it's not bullying. No, it's bullying. All y'all be bullying me. They bullied me yesterday, too. USC Vegas 63 takes place live October 29th at the UFC Apex facility uh, in Nevada. Now, fighting in his fifth straight main event, Calvin Cater looks to quickly dispatch Arnold Allen in their featherweight bout. Now, Cater is actually 3-2 and two in his last five fights. But he feels that by not defeating uh, Allen early and quickly, it'll leave the decision in the ref's hands uh, much like his last split decision loss against Josh Emmett. Now, Allen, meanwhile, is literally coming in with a nine-fight win streak that includes a uh, March 2022 first-round knockout of Dan Hooker. Uh, voice, I got to ask, is Cater right in stating that he needs to defeat Allen quickly to ensure a victory, or is he worried that he may be outclassed by the nine-fight win streak of Allen? I don't know that he needs to win quickly to get the victory but to get the victory he probably does need a stoppage because he's not been getting uh the the benefit of the doubt as far as uh decisions and things of that nature are concerned Uh, like you said he's three and two in his last five uh his last loss was a split decision to Arnold Allen before that it was a decision and oh my lord there was there was no split uh, about it outside of probably Cater's face because Max Holloway <laughs> Max Holloway uh, painted a masterpiece in that fight I mean just destroyed the man from Villa to Post uh, and his last defeat uh, before that was a decision to Zabist Magomed Sherapov all of his decision or I should say all of his losses in the UFC have been by decision so if he wants to win he needs to do so definitively because when it comes to decisions, uh, you know, in his UFC career, he's only had two fights 
to go to a decision that he's won. Okay. Well, I mean, win or lose, lose, he always puts on amazing fights. I believe his last three fights uh, were fighter of the night uh, on the card. So he he puts on great fights, but I can understand, you know, having that split decision, you definitely want to finish it early and finish it quickly so that Mm -hmm. nothing happens where you can be let down. Right. And and Allen is, as you stated, he's on a roll. He's getting the push by the machine of the UFC because of him, one, being on a roll. Secondly, being from an area that the UFC makes a lot of money, uh, being the UK. Those things combined uh, really have put a lot of uh, positive momentum behind him from the UFC, uh, especially from a promotional standpoint. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because uh, I know he definitely wants to get back on the consistent uh, winning track and, and get another title fight. Now, moving on, it looks like we have our voices marquee matchup with Fabian we- Fabian Edwards. Caught myself. Who? Nah, nope, that didn't work. So, it, listen, my brother. It, 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 this is uh, this is new background music. Uh, I didn't say. Nah. I didn't do that. See, you I, got didn't, paranoid I didn't say. Me. Ladies and gentlemen, voice told me before the show that he was going to try to catch me on something. He got all these new background noises and everything. It's like Wiley Coyote went to Acme and he's trying to set up the road runner, but you're not going to catch me, so I'm not worried about it. Oh, I'm going to catch you, and when I do, it's going to be like. No, I'm good. I'm good, because the next one I know how to pronounce. So Fabian Edwards is not even really excited about this next bout. It looks like he actually took it because he had to. So, voice, tell us about this next bout uh, in your Voices Marquee matchup against Charlie Ward. Well, the reason it's the Voices Marquee matchup is for a couple reasons. Uh, one, on this uh, card from Milan, uh, Bellator 287, this fight stands out to me the most. Uh, you know, it's headlined by uh, some some other people who are wonderful, Adam Piccolotti, and uh, I'm not going to try to say the man's name. It's French, Mansoor. I can say his first name, Mansoor. I'm not going to try to say Tarzan's last name. See, I know when to uh, stop and when not to stop. You, you are a journalist, sir. You got to put in the work and say these people's names. Uh, I, you know what? I If we were covering the fight in depth, I would do that. But since... We're not covering it in depth. I'm just going to say what I'm saying. Either way it goes, the fight that stands out the most and the one that I'm most excited about, which is why it's the Voice of Marking matchup, is between Fabian Edwards and Charlie Ward. Why is that? If Edwards and fighting, specifically uh, MMA, sounds familiar, it should. Fabian's brother, Leon, just won the welterweight championship in the UFC with his headshot dead uh, uh, all of that that he said and I wasn't trying to rhyme anyway all of that that he said after defeating uh, Kamaru Usman so this is his brother his little brother I believe uh, the assassin who has been doing his thing in Bellator uh, came in undefeated has lost a couple of times but he is still a beast and still someone to keep their eyes on he's at middleweight can he now do in Bellator what his brother was able to do 
in the UFC. That's what makes this uh, exciting. Uh, will the champ be in his corner? Absolutely. He always is. So you have that rub too. Okay, now I'm coming in, but I'm coming in with uh, the champ in my corner. I was in the champ's corner when he won it. You know, but now he's in my corner, you know, and am I going to get some of that championship rub since we're all in the same gym and we're all in the same family? Fabian is a killer. He stops so, so many people. Again, uh, his results as of late have been a bit mixed. Uh, three and two with uh, decision losses to Austin Vanderfort, who I believe went on to fight for the title after beating Edwards, and Costello Van Steenis, who really was like the champ at that time, Gago Musasi's um, uh, gatekeeper, because they trained together and he tries to like snipe out everybody. And that was his first loss. And it was a split decision loss. So it wasn't that he didn't do his thing. He just didn't do enough of it in the eyes of all three judges to get the decision. What does he do? He comes back and knocks Leoto Machida out cold. I mean, just knocks him out clean uh, with hooks in round one. So, yeah, he, he's an exciting fighter. Uh, he stopped many a person, whether it be by uh, uh, strikes, body kick, arm bar, rear naked choke, flying knee. I mean, Fabian, uh, he can choose a number of different ways to get the job done. Now, he's facing Charlie Ward. If Charlie Ward sounds familiar, well, that's because, you know, you look at him with all these tattoos on his neck and his chest. And his haircut, you're a bootleg Conor McGregor. Well, I'm not going to call him bootleg, but he's picking up a lot of cues from Conor McGregor because he's Conor's bodyguard. And if I'm not mistaken, when Conor made his splash in Bellator by jumping in the cage, it was because Charlie Ward was fighting and was winning his fight. So uh, you, you, you're you probably going to have... Uh, uh, the, the swole one, the non-USADA uh, tested one at the fight, cheering and, and screaming for his uh, not only gym partner, but his personal bodyguard. And as of late, he's been doing his thing. Uh, you know, he's four and one in his last five. The last time he lost was just before uh, uh, the pandemic and before the lockdown in November of 2019 uh, that was a decision but since then he's run off three in a row including knocking out Kyle Kurtz in the very next fight that he had so that's why I'm looking forward to this fight because again both of them bring it uh, both of them have a a uh, high stoppage rate and they're both very exciting fighters I don't see it going the distance uh, both of them have very uh, notable fighters in their corner, either physically or uh, uh, in spirit. And it should just be a phenomenal fight. Well, uh, Fabian Edwards is actually kind of calling his shot. Um, he said that he's actually looking to make quick work of Ward with a second round stoppage and followed up with the statement, Charlie's there to be hit and I'm going to hit hard. So 
definitely looking forward to seeing voices marquee matchup. Uh, if it's like the other voices marquee matchup, it's bound to be incredible. Now, going to another incredible, incredible fighter, uh, Lomachenko is set to face Jermaine Ortiz on Saturday, uh, October 29th. And this is actually going to be taking place live at Madison Square Garden School Theater in New York. Uh, this is actually going to be the lightweight uh, main event bout. Now, one thing that's interesting here is that the two fighters, they've previously been sparring partners. So this is actually bound to be a great fight, but it's going to be a fight, I feel, that's going to focus on strategy. Now, Lomachenko is considered literally one of the sport's all-time pound-for-pound greats, and he's only 18 bouts in. Uh, he's actually currently being linked to future fights outside of this fight already from everyone from Devin Haney to Tank Davis, with many in the media kind of overlooking Ortiz when it comes to this bout. Um, Ortiz is actually listed as a 10-to-1 underdog. Now, while Ortiz is a heavy underdog, he does sound confident. He said that Lomachenko is a great fighter, but I'm here to win. Once I win this fight, I'm targeting a world title opportunity. This is a dream come true. So, Voice, with that kind of confidence, how confident are you that Ortiz can pull out the upset in this fight and defeat Lomachenko? I mean, anything is possible, um, but not all things are probable. Here's what Ortiz has on his side. He's an undefeated fighter. He is about eight years younger than Lomachenko is. Uh, so he doesn't have that same kind of wear and tear uh, on his body. And as was stated, he's been in there with him before. He knows him. He knows his tendencies. So he has all of that going for him. But on the opposite end, so does uh, Loma. Loma also knows his tendencies. Loma's also been in there uh, with him before. Uh, you know, they, their fighting records aren't much different. Uh, they both have 16 victories. Uh, the greatest difference is that Loma has two losses. Or let me not say greatest. One of the greatest differences is that Loma has two losses and uh, Jermaine doesn't have any. He's got a draw. The biggest difference, though, is that in both of those 16 fights, only five of Lomas have made it the distance. Half of Jermaine's have. And Jermaine really hadn't been fighting too many people. Now, granted, he did retire Jamel Herring in his last bout. So can't say that he's not fought anybody, but he hasn't fought the same level of competition that Loma has. Um, and yeah, and then Loma's a beast. He's a beast. He's still being looked at and targeted, as you stated just before uh, you turned the mic over to me. That his next fight more than likely will be for the championship against Devin Haney. Devin has said, "Look, I want him. I don't know. You know, he, he should win. If he wins, I want him. I want the smoke. So he's got a lot on the line. What does that do for Loma, though?" He doesn't have the title. Hasn't had the title since he lost it to Teofimo. Is the pressure of having this fight against Jermaine and the possibility of going back and reclaiming not just, well, not reclaiming, but reclaiming titles, but not just that, but achieving the goal that he set out to accomplish when he fought Teo by becoming the undisputed champion. 
So, I mean, there, there are different things in play on both ends. Uh, most of the positives lean towards uh, the former champ and the former pound for pound fighter in Lomachenko. Uh, but youth is on the side of Jermaine. Well, then I'm going to have to believe in Jermaine because, uh, like, youth is on his side. Youth is on my side when we're on the main card because I'm undefeated lately. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> What's what's that? I'm, I'm undefeated, sir. You know. Yeah, in your I, mind. I started over. I'm undefeated. You, okay, so you, you start over every time, just like oh, so the record scratches. Then you have to start the music over. See, like you understand? I'm I'm undefeated. Like the next fighter we're gonna talk about, which is Katie Taylor. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm like the Katie Taylor of the main car right now. You know, I'm okay. undefeated out. And, and well, and you, you know what? She's not undefeated. They just haven't scored fights against her. Well, uh, actually, Jake Paul is being sued because he said that her last fight was fixed. So that's a as, whole as he should be sued because it was not fixed. Uh, uh, Amanda Serrano was too little. That was the bottom line. She gave it her all. She went in there. She fought hard, but she was too little. And even though she was slinging them things and uh, landing on Katie Taylor. It didn't have the same impact that it would have when she was fighting the people she normally does because she didn't have as much weight behind it or i should say enough weight behind it to do something to the 135 pound tail well the the, the funny thing is that each time katie katie taylor steps into the ring the main question is always asked is will today be the day that someone solves the puzzle that is the undisputed lightweight champ or Will Katie steamroll through another opponent? Now, this Saturday, October 29th, there's going to be a 10-round lightweight title clash, and it's set to take place in the Wembley Arena in London. Now, the woman that was recently named the world's most marketable boxer uh, by London-based media company Sports Pro, she's looking to continue her win streak uh, as the bout will be Taylor's first since what you mentioned, her tough split decision with uh, Amanda Serrano in April in Madison Square Garden. Now the bout is going to be is going to be matching Taylor with the undefeated Katie Carbajal, who has mainly fought bouts from her home country in Argentina throughout her streak, while she um, ha- has also been successful. Katie recently, during a media uh, a media scrum, stated that while she's not overlooking uh, Katie um, Karen Cabral, that she's looking forward to maybe. Possibly making a fight with Chris Cyborg. So what's mm. got any thoughts on Katie possibly fighting Chris Cyborg? And should she be looking ahead uh, from her current matchup? Now, as far as looking ahead is concerned, that's always dangerous. And it's especially dangerous when you're fighting an undefeated fighter as you are with Carvajal. I can understand why she may be looking forward to that fight, but there's a lot that will have to be done to get that fight made. One, uh, Cyborg is big. Cyborg is 145, not 135. (laughs) So she would have to not cut any weight for that fight. And though Cyborg won her uh, pro boxing debut, we know she's not really a boxer, but she's a slugger. She's got power, and people know that she's got power. And I don't know that Katie's been in there with anyone 
with that kind of power. Again, her boxing prowess should uh, bring about the victory and bring it about in a fairly easy fashion. You know, but as you like to say, and then you need to go ahead and get the t-shirt made. It only takes one. It only takes one. I can understand why she may be looking past Carvajal because as you stated, and and, uh, just for clarification, it's not most. Every single fight that Carvajal has had has taken place in Argentina. And I don't know. I don't know any Argentinian uh, or, or I should say Argentine female boxers. Uh, Argentina has a, a storied history when it comes to, to boxing and to combat sports. Not so much for the women. If you're looking for top-level competition with the women, then you're talking about somebody from the U.S. You're talking about somebody from uh, the U.K. You're talking about somebody from Puerto Rico, you you know, you may be able to throw some of those other European um, countries in there, like, you know, uh, the Netherlands, I can't think of her name right now, but uh, uh, the fighter that Jessica McCaskill took uh, the titles from, you know, she was from the Netherlands, so you know, it's like, okay, but outside of those places, I mean, you, you don't hear about, you don't even hear about Mexican um, female boxers, unless they are from the U.S., so you don't get much in uh in america outside of the the u.s you know not even canada you you really don't so that's why she may be looking past her to that fight because that fight will be huge and will be a excellent excellent payday for her so again i get it uh should you ever look past a fighter no but here's another reason why she may be able to do that like you said it only takes one and in the 19 fights that carvajal has had She's only stopped two people. One of them had a regular two and three going into it. The other one was barely over 500 at 10 and eight. And the one that she uh, knocked out that was two and three, that was like five fights ago. What you doing fighting somebody at two and three? And you're, under, you, you're undefeated. You know, you find somebody at two and three at this late stage in your career. I know it's kind of hard for women to get fights mm-hmm. and maybe even harder for them to get them in Argentina, which is another reason why Katie Taylor may be looking past. Well, Katie Taylor also stated that if that's a, if it's a fight that people want to see, that she's willing to fight Cyborg. And I think one of the main things that people have stated about Katie Taylor is that they haven't seen her be tested in the manner that they want to outside of Serrano, which I don't that's, understand. That's a, that is a bold face like Yeah, I don't I don't understand you. how that could be true. Delphine Persoon beat her in the first fight. They just didn't give to Delphine Persoon, which is why I say it's not that Katie Taylor's never lost is that the judges have not uh, called it as a loss for her because when she fought Delphine, nobody really knew who Delphine was. I didn't know who Delphine was, but I saw the fight and Delphine gave her the business. Now, she wasn't able to do that in the rematch. Katie made the adjustments necessary and got the victory, but we've seen her tested. Delphine Persoon beat her and then Amanda Serrano, again, a fighter that we already established was punching above her weight level also gave her the business very very close fight split decision could have gone uh um serrano's way i think that it was indeed taylor's fight but i wouldn't have been mad if serrano got it well that's going to be interesting because uh katie also stated that uh she would be down 
to have another rematch with Serrano in 2023. And after the numbers that they put up in the garden, it would have to be in the stadium. So it's going to be interesting to see how this bout goes and what's going to be next for Katie. But I wouldn't be mad at another Serrano bout in, in 2023. So uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I would love to see it. Now, moving on, taking place live uh, Saturday in the... Uh, I'm not even going to butcher myself. It's going to be taking place in San Diego in the 12-round lightweight main event. Joseph Jojo Diaz is going to be taking on Mexico's undefeated rising star, William Zapata. And they're going to be meeting in a bout in which Jojo is actually defining this as a seek or swim opportunity. Now, the reason being is that Diaz recently took a loss to now champ Devin Haney and believes another loss could plummet him into the rankings and could possibly push back a further title shot. Now, while Diaz is not overlooking Zapata, he does not believe that he has been tested. And he uh, recently stated that Zapata has a great, has a good resume. He's 26 and over 23 knockouts, but he's never fought a guy as experienced as me, as slick as me, as strong as me, as fast as me, and as accurate as me. I am an all-around Arsenal fighter. Now, voice, with that confident in Diaz's latest comments, what would a loss do to his future? And is he possibly overlooking the undefeated record of Zapata? I don't believe he's overlooking the undefeated record of Zapata. He is definitely downplaying the, the record of Zapata. Because for him to say, oh, he's not fought, you know, anyone uh, that's like me. Hmm. He just beat Rene Alvarado, who has more fights than you do. Mm. who's got you know a, a name who has done some things in his career so you can't say that he hasn't fought anybody you know anybody like you i mean the, the dude beat uh uh andrew Cancial. you know he, he's fought lamont roach and and uh and roger gutierrez you know he, he's beaten david morales and we you can't say he's not fought anybody um you know that that's on the level of Diaz now granted uh has uh he had the kinds of uh success as far as cyber's are concerned maybe you know not so much but then again Jojo every time he he dares to be great he loses he's not been a full-fledged champion has he gotten some interim belts yeah he has um you know but every time he has dared to be great uh with the exception of the one fight that he won against Tevin Foreman, the, the fight that really helped him uh, with establishing his career. Outside of that, every time he he has dared to be great, he's failed. All of his losses are in title fights. Lost to Gary Russell Jr. Understandable. Lost to um um oh lord, who else did he lose to? They were all in title fights, so I can tell you the, the, his last fight. He lost. He lost to uh, to Devin Haney uh, when he fought uh, Rock Rock back last year uh, for the uh, vacant belt. It was a draw, you know. So he's not, you know, he he he's calling himself a little more than he is. He, you did win. You beat Tevin Farmer. but that's about it, brother. You haven't done uh, much of anything since then. Uh, as a matter of fact, in your next fight. It was a draw. You didn't win that fight. And then when you fought again, it was for an interim belt up a weight class. So, you know, let, let's 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 be real. 
here. And the reason that um, everything was the way that it was was because you miss weight. So, you know, let, 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 let's be real. He, again, he's, he's downplaying it and understandably so because what he said was right. If he loses to Zepeda, it's over for, for him as far as titles are concerned. You already moved up a weight class uh, to try to get it done and you couldn't get it done. You had to move up a weight class because you were too big for the weight class that you got the title well, in. Well, uh, I can tell by the disgust on you. <laughs> that wasn't. Well, I- I'm sorry. You you uh uh you cut out. You said you can tell by the. I think you said disgust on my face. Yeah, I said I can tell by the disgust on your face that that's that wasn't something that you wanted to hear. So uh, definitely gonna wish uh, Diaz a a, a great opportunity because you know. I'm just saying he he he's the 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 man is 26 and 0 with 23 knockouts. Mm. You take him serious, definitely. Yeah, you got it. Like like we always say, it only takes one punch. Uh, now moving on to one, to your favorite fighter uh, and the man who is famous for one punch, Jake Paul is going to be in this weekend's biggest bout. I'm I'm going to give him the proper proper name because I didn't know that this was his nickname. Jake the problem child Paul I'm and UFC legend Anderson the Spider Silver will face off in an eight round cruiserweight bout uh, it's going to be promoted by Paul's most valuable promotions now the fight is scheduled to be the main event taking place Saturday October 29th in Desert Diamond Arena where they have become the highest grossing boxing event for ticket revenue in the history of the arena now Paul has had a busy week. Outside of being sued, he also recently called out Tyson Fury and stated that after this fight, win, lose, or draw, he's moving up to try to fight Tyson Fury. Uh, in a surprise to many, Paul is actually the betting favorite to defeat the 47-year-old Silver, who's widely considered uh, the greatest middleweight champion in UFC history. Voice, I see the Arguably uh, the greatest champion in UFC history. I see the voice on your face and I see the disgust. You see I the just, voice on my face. All right. I, did I say that? Yes, I you did. I, I, well, Whatever. I see the disgust on your face. And I just want to get your thoughts on this and your favorite fighter. What do you think about this weekend's bout? Okay. You know where the disgust is coming from. Because my very favorite fighter in the world is Anderson the Spider Silver. So how dare you say something about this crossover clown jake paul as being my favorite fighter they so were just you, dancing on video a couple days ago your favorite your and favorite and anderson MC. won the dance off too <laughs> so so uh there's that but um i could see why anderson would be the underdog here you said it yourself he's as old as me he's 47 years old and when it comes to boxing um he doesn't have as much experience as jake does now the difference is though that anderson is a world-class striker always has been a world-class striker uh in his heyday wanted to do a exhibition he you know he, he wanted to get the crossover thing going and wanted to fight Roy Jones Jr. when he was a champ in the UFC. And I wanted to see that. Roy wanted to fight. He was like, yeah, let's let's do it. You know, so 
and and it wasn't far-fetched things like oh you know that that would be phenomenal because like roy anderson is like 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 jazz like watching jazz you know just kind of moving then bop 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 riffing on people oh my goodness so i could uh again from a a record perspective uh jake paul it has more professional boxing matches jake paul is undefeated in boxing jake paul is probably the same age as one of anderson's children so uh with all that being said jake paul should be the favorite again the difference is quality of opponents and anderson silva uh, though he's fought less people um jake paul uh the only champions he has on his record are former ufc champions who had to go way up in weight way above their uh normal fighting weight in order to take the fight in tyron woodley whereas anderson has beaten professional boxing champion julio cesar chavez jr now they said it was a split decision but they only said it was a split decision because it was taking place in mexico on a card where his daddy was fighting too anderson beat the snot out of julio cesar chavez jr a guy who again was a champion a guy who's in there with the likes of canelo he beat the sleeves off of this man beat the sleeves off of him so for uh for those of us in the combat sports world who love mma and for those of us who uh grew up seeing anderson just style on folks for so long and then wonder can anybody beat the man yeah we want to see this happen we we've been waiting for this fight because we know of everyone of our, of the people that's gone up against him this one has the greatest chance of being victorious okay well i mean it's, it's definitely uh uh worth mentioning that uh silva is three and one uh in boxing he also knocked out i think he knocked out tito ortiz didn't he oh yeah he knocked out tito ortiz so i mean it's gonna be a great fight that was, yeah, and that was in his last fight yeah um only time he's lost he got knocked out uh and that was in his very first boxing match back in 1998 that was against uh to to share i believe to share yeah but what but i don't think he stopped it that was the corner that stopped it didn't it yeah it yeah it was i mean but it, it's still considered a knockout uh and it's it's a loss but yeah uh, it, it was stopped okay okay well it's not definitely going to be a great fight you get to to watch two of your favorite fighters in the ring at one time so i know you're excited uh i know you're gonna have your jake paul t-shirt on i know you're gonna be willing him to win and, and looking forward to that Tyson Fury fight that he makes next. <laughs> the the only thing that I have that uh remotely resembles Jake Paul is my used toilet paper. Oh wow. Okay. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of our show. Uh, it's been another amazing show talking combat sports with the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Uh, we prepared you for this weekend show, so definitely make sure that you tuned in and make sure you come back, man. We're here every Tuesday, seven fifteen Eastern Standard Time, unless Voice wants to start early. Uh, we're never, uh, we're never starting late. That's um, right. 
<laughs> we're never starting late so uh, definitely make sure to tune in if you haven't make sure you like subscribe and share uh and and check out mtmv sports man we we've got everything you need sports wise we got the best shows we got the best people we have some amazing writers you can check out our website uh to check out some articles uh, if you get a chance definitely check out the ozell brand it's an amazing shoe and they got some great colorways uh coming mm-hmm. at you uh voice i got nothing else uh take us out sir Man, um, as always, uh, there are so many wonderful fights, and we didn't even get into all of them. There's a, a fight on the zone uh, earlier on Saturday, uh, as well as a heavyweight fight on ESPN Plus on Friday. Uh, it was just way too many fights this weekend uh, to talk about all of them, but uh, I am looking forward to uh, being in my captain's chair in Fight Central 4.0 to watch all of these fights so i wish all of you all uh the very best and encourage you to fight the good fight definitely definitely you all have a wonderful week definitely thank you for tuning in with us thank you for everybody who's watching live uh mtmv sports my man will just that's me my man voice we we out here <laughs> Hey, somebody got to love you. So, you, yes, love starts at home. So I'm glad that you're loving yourself. I said what I said, but I wanted to say it differently. And I was just like, man, just go with it. It's fine. Hey, you know what I mean? I've been perfect all episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've been perfect all per- show. Perfectly flawed. You know flawed. what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. two for two. I killed the full 94 yesterday. I came in here. I sparred with you and I won. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good. It's, you, it's been you, a great you, week for me. You're taking that L just like uh, Jake Paul is in the uh, legal system. I'm not even gonna talk about your favorite fighter. I'm gonna let you talk. And, and you taking L's like uh the other Philadelphia team is on the floor. But anyway, you all didn't tune, you all did tune in for this because you wanted to hear this spicy banter back and forth. Blender. Um, and uh, as you all know, uh anytime that Will just has won, uh, it's just been because I let him think that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right, until, until we meet again, fight the good fight, everybody. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports.